And so today, of course, we know Dr. B has been in, in this amazing series entitled Lack No More. Say lack no more. Amen. And so lesson three, we're going to talk about what is Satan up to? What is Satan up to? So I really need you guys to lean in because I'm going to give you the tea on what Satan is up to. Y'all know what tea is, right? I'm going to give you the scoop. I'm going to give you what's going on and what Satan is up to when it comes to the believer experiencing lack. Now, our series goal has, uh, has been to dismantle Satan's strategy to rob both the believer and the kingdom of God. To rob both the believer and the kingdom of God. Now, I know you may say, well, Pastor John, how can, how can Satan rob the kingdom of God? Like, it's God's kingdom. It's all his, right? Well, so anytime God wants to do anything in his kingdom, in the earth realm, he does it through man. And so Satan wants to rob us, which then, in result, robs the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. So our focus scripture or our focus verse for this lesson three is 2 Corinthians verse 2, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. And it says, lest Satan should get an advantage on us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Another word for devices would be strategy. And so according to the scripture, it says that we are not ignorant to Satan's devices. Now, that word ignorant simply means lacking knowledge or awareness of. Lacking knowledge or awareness of. It means to be uneducated. Amen? Now, now notice that this scripture connects ignorance to the device of how Satan gains success in our lives. So through the scripture, we see that Satan gains success in the lives of the believer through what? Through ignorance. So his advantage comes as a result of our ignorance. But we ain't got to worry about that because today we're going to find out what he up to. Right? So now I'm convinced that this thing that Satan is doing by catching, by gaining his advantage in our lives through ignorance, this has been what he has done since the beginning of time. It has not just started. He's been capitalizing on the ignorance of God's people since the beginning of time. I want to show you that. Let's look at, let's look at Genesis. Let me show you that real quick. Take a little cold to say. Let's look at Genesis 1 and 26. And we're going to look just, just the A portion. 126 to A portion. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Who said? Who said? And he said, let us make man in our what? And in our image and likeness. So my son Landon, he, he looks like me. Right? So he has my image. And if you catch him sometime doing certain things and the way he walked, the way he moved, he bears my likeness. Right? So what did Landon have to do in order to have my image and my likeness? Nothing. 
absolute nothing. If we want to put something on it, we would just say, just be born. Make sense? Okay. Now, again, I'm just showing you how Satan from the beginning of time has capitalized on our ignorance. Now, he's, now God said, let's make man in our image and in our likeness. Now, let's look at Genesis 3, and we're going to read verse 1 through 5. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye shall die. Verse 4 says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doeth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God. Now, God said in Genesis 1 that I'm going to make you in my image and in my likeness. What is God? What? A God, right? Be God, right? And so if Satan is then telling her that, hey, if you eat, God knows that you will be as what he created you to be. How does that make sense? It, it doesn't add up. So Satan was able to get an advantage on Eve because Eve didn't know her true identity. So Satan was able to get Eve to eat as a result of not knowing who she was. Because Satan was able to convince her that if you eat, you'll be as something that God created you to be. And so if we're, if we're honest right here, we have the true first identity crisis. And we have somebody that's ignorant to who they are. And they're settling for being, for, for, for being like something rather than being who they were created to be. That's another message. Now, now, listen to this statement. Lack, though, will always be inevitable in the lives of those who are unaware and uneducated to Satan's devices and who they are. Lack will always be inevitable in your life. If you are uneducated and unaware of Satan's devices and who you are, who God has created you to be. Now, that word device is simple. It means a plan, method, or trick with a peculiar aim. Let me tell you something. Satan has a peculiar aim. Don't think that Satan just want to keep you in lack because he don't want you to ride good. Don't think Satan, don't, Satan wants to keep you in lack just because he don't want you to have a nice house. No, 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 no. Satan understands that if he keeps you in lack, he keeps the kingdom of God at lack. So there is a, a particular aim that Satan has. 
So what is Satan trying to accomplish with his strategy? Very simple. To keep the believer, you and I, in lack. That's what he's trying to do. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying to keep the believer, you and I, in lack. But I've always had the question, though, why does Satan fight so hard when it comes to lack and the believer's lives? And isn't it amazing now, so much so that he even has the church fighting against the church when it comes to lack or prosperity? Pastors are saying to other pastors, you shouldn't be preaching that prosperity gospel. First of all, what is prosperity gospel? It doesn't exist. It's only the gospel. It's just the gospel. If I preach healing, I'm preaching the gospel. Amen? If I'm preaching mind renewal, I'm preaching the gospel. If I preach God wants you to live a prosperous life, I'm preaching the gospel. There is no prosperity gospel. We can't compartmentalize the gospel. It's just the gospel. It's just the gospel. And so, I'm going to give you three things. I'm going to read them, and then we're going to go back, and I'm going to open them up just a little bit more. And so, these are three things that happens when believers lack financial abundance. Now, when believers lack financial abundance, Satan can expand immorality and the kingdom of darkness in the earth. When we don't have it, like the word says we should have it, he's able to expand immorality and the kingdom of darkness in the earth. Because godly poor people, they don't even sound right, dude. Oh, they don't even sound right, but it's in my notes, so I got to say it. Because godly poor people don't have the resources to expand the kingdom of God. So he's able to expand immorality because we don't have the resources. The second one is when believers lack financial abundance, Satan can increase the influence, catch this, of ungodly wealthy people. Because godly poor people, that just makes me cringe, because godly poor people don't have the resources to influence the world. They're not coming to us as influencers. My wife sent me a video the other day, and this this very world, well-known, world-renowned influencer had a video on TikTok, no, Instagram, I'm sorry, on Instagram, uh, and she has hundreds of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers. And she was up there, and she was asking, she said, why are we still living in a time where the woman can't ask the man to marry her? This is an influencer. This is an influencer. Again, I said, when we lack financial abundance, Satan can increase the influence of ungodly wealthy people. And see, they're able to talk like this and have these networks, and they're able to have these podcasts because they have the resources that we don't. And so they're able to influence the world and say whatever they want to say. And so she's asking everybody, why are we still living in a time? And I want to say because it was the original order. See, 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 the world wants to move in time with time. 
So she wants to know why are we still in this time? No, 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 no. We're just still in the original order. The original order was never set up for the woman to go to the man, will you marry me? Because let me help you with something. The way you start is how you got to finish. So if you start on your knees, if you start selling because he ain't asked you in 10 years and you've been a 10-year girlfriend, how you start is how you got to finish. So, so, so he's able to increase influence. The third one says, when believers lack financial abundance, the godly, the, I'm sorry, when they lack financial abundance, they glorify their loss to be heard and believed because they have no evidence on them of God's abundance working for them. And listen, y'all, it shames and delays the kingdom's advancement. Y'all, we shame God when we don't have it the way the scriptures say we should have it. We shame God and we delay the kingdom of God's advancement. So, now let's break all three of those down. So I want to talk about real quick, I want to talk about what happens when the expansion of immorality through the kingdom of darkness is at work in the earth. What happens? When the expansion of immorality through the kingdom of darkness is at work in the earth. So the first one is it perverses the kingdoms, the kingdom of God mandate. That's what happened. It perverses the kingdom of God's mandate. Now that word perverse simply means it means contrary to the accepted or expected standard of practice. Again, it means contrary to the accepted or expected standard of practice. So I come to tell you that lack is contrary to the original standard for the believer. You should be uncomfortable with lack because it's contrary to how we were created. It don't line up. It's contrary to how God originally planned for you and I, the believer, to live. You should get some kind of way when your account gets below a certain number. You, 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 if you ain't got a certain amount of money in your pocket, you just should break out in hives or something because it just don't, it's contrary. But many of us have gotten comfortable with the contrary. We didn't got comfortable with the contrary. And so it perverses the kingdom of God mandate. Now, this mandate was found in Genesis 1.28. It says, be fruitful, y'all know it, multiply and replenish the earth. Now, fruitful simply means to produce from a seed. Multiply, it means to excel and expand. Replenish means to fill up. So this was the original mandate for you and I, the believer. Now, I got a side note, rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it out loud. Why did God put gold in the earth? Think about it. 
Why did God put gold in the earth? Now, see, it's vitally important that we, the believer, understand and know why God put gold in the earth because guess what? Satan knows. He knows exactly why God put gold in the earth. See, listen to this. It takes finances and people to initiate, support, and sustain any agenda. A good agenda, a bad agenda, your mama agenda, it's going to take people and finances to initiate, support, and sustain any agenda. Satan understands that if God's people don't have the goal, God's people can't expand the agenda. If we don't have the goal, we can't expand the agenda. Listen to this. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this real quick, and you know, it, 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 somebody may have a problem with you. May, you may disagree. We'll talk about it after church, though. Listen, this is why. This is why I believe someone's mic is on. This is why I believe Satan. It's after resources and not necessarily people. I know you thought he was after you. Made you feel special, didn't it? <laughs> I, I believe Satan is after resources, not necessarily people. Because he, under, he knows that we're living in a time where people are resource-driven and not purpose and kingdom agenda-focused. And so he understands that if I get the resources, I get the people. He ain't after you. In the garden, he wasn't really after Eve. Eve? Who was Eve? He was after the resources that God had put them over. And so he understood that if I can get her to be ignorant to her identity, I can then get the resources. But he wasn't studying. So much so, he did the same thing with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the wilderness. He wasn't studying Jesus. He just knew that Jesus had come to get back the resources that he had got from Adam and Eve. So he said, if, if, if I can get Jesus to be ignorant to who he is, I can then keep the resources. So we see that he's not necessarily after people. He wants the resources. And if the resources are so important to him, why is it not important to us? Why do we get bent out of shape when we come to church and you see or hear a pastor talking about money? But Satan has built and created his entire kingdom around having it, but we don't want to talk about it. We say, miss me with all that. I'll come back when you talk about something else. But it's important to him, but it's not important to us. Why? God knew that money and gold would be a medium of exchange, so he put gold in the earth for his people. 
to expand his kingdom. God set you up. He gave you everything you need to be successful in this life. From creation, God set you up and gave you everything that you would need to be successful. Everything that you would need to start the business. Everything that you would need to buy the house. Everything that you would need to go to school. Everything that you need, he already took care of it. And that's found and confirmed in 2 Peter 1 and 3, according to his divine power, have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Let me say it this way. He's given you all things that pertain to his agenda and your agenda. Everything that you need to be a successful Christian, God has already given it to us. Amen? Now, this is a master point. Listen to this. The earth looks like it does as a result of who's in authority or who has the gold. When we look out in the earth, when we look out in the world, and we see rape, murder, lack, wars, we see all these things happening in the world, it is a telltale sign of who's in authority. Because who's in authority is able to elevate their kingdom in the world. So does the world look like God's kingdom? Does the world look like God's kingdom? Does your community look like God's kingdom? Does your neighborhood look like God's kingdom? Well, then it is a result that the wrong person is in authority. Proverbs 29 and 2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. And so I got to ask you a question. If you look out around you right now, not in here, but just look out around you. You think about your Fox 10 and your Channel 5 and your social media, and everything that's being pumped into our psyche. Is the world mourning or rejoicing? Are they mourning? Or are they rejoicing? Again, when we look out in the world, it tells us who's in authority. And the world crying out, y'all, they saying, hey, y'all, what y'all going to do? That's Romans 8, 19. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. The world is saying, hey, when y'all going to get back in y'all seat? The world is saying, hey, when y'all going to get back the gold? When y'all going to get back the influences? When are y'all going to get back the resources? Because we're mourning right now. So they want to know when we're going to get it. And if truth be told, we were never supposed to lose it. So I want to give you some examples of the propagation of wickedness in the earth, where propagation simply means the action of wildly spreading and promoting an idea or theory. So this is what happens when Satan's wickedness is wildly spreaded or promoted. So just permit me a little time to read y'all some statistics. Global, 
Global sales of illicit drugs is estimated to be between $450 and $700 billion annually. Counterfeit and pirated goods are estimated to be between $923 billion and $1.3 trillion. Talking about some big numbers. Examples of that counterfeit, fake goods like designer purses. Just look at me and nod your head. Nobody would know, nobody would know that you got one. Just don't, don't look down. Don't, don't clutch it. Don't clutch it. If you clutch it, we're going to know you got one. Fake goods like designer purses and clothes, unauthorized reproduction of movies and books, movies, etc. Human trafficking. It's a $150 billion industry. The pornography industry yields over $97 billion per year globally. The gambling industry is worth an estimated $500 billion globally. Now these Estimated numbers may come in to be a little bit lower than what the actual numbers are, right? But I got a question. How are we as the church supposed to compete when we selling fish plates and chicken dinner and on the corner with signs and buckets, but Satan is circulating billions, if not trillions of dollars? How can the kingdom of God keep up? But, but we don't want to hear this prosperity of the gospel. How can we keep up? Ain't that much tilapia in the world. They can't make enough. And for some of y'all didn't know, tilapia ain't a real fish. <laughs> That's why I said they can't make enough. They can't make enough. Ain't enough chicken and green beans in the world to keep up with a trillion dollar kingdom. When we selling plates to advance God's house, wouldn't it just be easier if we just get back what was ours? Ryan, this is some work. It would seem like it's just easy. You know what? Let me just get back in my seat. Let me just get back what belongs to me. And we're going to be all right because frying this fish, doing this right here all day, this is, it's, it's too much. Stand outside, come on. So it would seem like it would just be easier for us just to get back in our seats. Now, notice I said that Satan is circulating billions, if not trillions of dollars of God's money. That's who it belongs to. That's Haggai 2.18. It says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, said the Lord of hosts. Y'all, I don't care what nobody tell you. It costs money and it takes money to do. It takes money to do ministry. Just because this is a church, we still have a power bill. Don't let nobody tell you that church isn't a business, because it is. 
If it wasn't a business, we wouldn't have utilities. If it wasn't a business, we just walk here on Sunday and say, amen, let there be lights. If it wasn't a business, we wouldn't have to have insurance and licenses. It's a business, and it's going to take money for us to do the kingdom assignment. Have y'all paid any attention to our school system and how it's failing our children? How they're sliding in more and more Satan's agenda year by year? The curriculum gets more worldly and more worldly year after year. That's why we got to get Right Ray Christian Academy off the, off the ground. But it's going to take money. People are hungry. That's why next Saturday we're giving away thousands of pounds of food. But guess what? We can't do it for free. It costs money. People are dying. People are sick mentally and emotionally. And they're hurting. That's why one of the plans for 2500 University Boulevard is our Christian counseling facility. But guess what? The people can't counsel for free. The building ain't going to build itself. Number two, I'm almost done. Number two, again, we're talking about what happens. Talking about what happens when the expansion of immorality through the kingdom of darkness is at work in the earth. And number two is we lose the power to influence. When Satan kingdom is at work, we lose the power to influence. Listen to this statement. When we don't have power and influence, we are subject to the authority and control of the world. In other words, we got to do what they say do. When they say do it. How they say do. But that wasn't the original setup. See, less money equals less influence. Let's look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 43 and 44. And it says, the stranger, that's the world, that is within thee shall get up above thee very high. Wow, they're going to get up above us? And thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. If that's not misalignment, I don't know what it is. But it is a result of them having the authority. That's what happens. We got to go to them for money. We got to go to them for influence. We have to go to the world for resources. That's not how God created to be. God's bride is not in the place. We're not in the position that God intended for us to be. And it's hard. No matter how we want to be in that position, with our Hekana Mashah and our praise the Lord, amen, it takes money to stand in that place. Listen, more money though, more money. More money though <laughs> equals more influence. More money equals more influence. Now let's look at Deuteronomy 28, 12, and 13. Let's see how this thing really is supposed to look. 
The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give thee rain in thy land in his season, and to bless all of thy works of thy hand. I'm sorry. And thou shalt lend unto many nations. You see that? This is the original order. We shall lend to many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. It wasn't intended for us to be borrowing. It wasn't intended for us to keep the title loan place and the payday loan company in business. They're supposed to be coming to us and say, hey, let me hold twin to Tuesday. But it's the other way around. Verse 13 says, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. This was the original order. Do y'all see that? And so if this is the, if, if this is the original order, why do we have such a hard time getting back there? Could it be, like I said earlier, that we become comfortable with the contrary? You would think that it would be easy for us to get back there because that's what we were created at. Number three, and I'm done. Number three, the last thing that happens is when we don't have it, y'all, it diminish, it diminishes belief in others of God's willingness and ability to provide. It diminishes belief in others of God's willingness and ability to provide. I like putting those two words together. He's well able. So we don't show off his well ableness, if you would. Listen to this statement. When we don't have the fruit on us that God is who we say he is, we cause non-believers to look to the world and its systems rather than looking to God and his ability. We tell the world, don't look to my God. When I'm in line in front of you at the payday loan place, when I'm barely making, when I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul, I tell the world, don't look to my God. He ain't able. He ain't willing. That's what we're saying. Now, I want to look at a scripture, very familiar scripture, and, and, and we're going to look at it in a different way. So good. Let's look at Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. Matthew 5, verse 14. It says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do man light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16 is the operative verse. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Say good works. Say good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Rhetorical question, what is good works? 
Don't answer. See, whenever we've read this scripture in the past, good work has been our long white dress. Good work has been our moral conduct. Good work has been us not cussing and amen, hallelujah, praise to God, praise God on top and going higher. That's been our good work. I want to show you something else. So let's look at that verse in the Amplified Version, verse 16, not changing the scripture. We just amplify it. We just open it up. An Amplified Classic Edition, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence. So we got that. That's out the way. More excellence and your praiseworthy, noble and good deeds. And when they see it, they're going to recognize and honor and praise and glorify your father who is in heaven. So deeds is an action that is performed. Deeds. It's an action that is performed. See, the problem is, though, we have done a really good job by putting on the coat of Christianity. And what we like to major on is God's image, but we don't care nothing about his likeness. Well, if he is a provider, then shouldn't there be some provider on me? If he's able to do all things, shouldn't there be a little residue on me where I'm able to help somebody pay some bills? But again, we want to put the code of Christianity on and we want to, we want to bear his image, but we don't want to bear his likeness. Likeness says what he's able to do, I'm able to do. Likeness says, when he moves, I move. Just like that. Yeah, that's what likeness says. But we want to put the coat of Christian. It's just a coat. I just want to look like him. God, make me look like you. I'll see it. For us to sing songs and, 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 and have prayers, God, make me more like you, it's really the blessing. God made you one time. He made you one time. And that one time he made you, he made you in his image and in his likeness. So he can't make you be more like him than what he already did. The problem is we got to get out of us enough and get back in him. We got to get out of us and out of who the world wants us to be and get back in him. So I know we got some songs out there. And man, look, I'm tell you, it's, look, I never forget I was singing one. And I mean, I was crying, y'all. I thought, I thought I was worshiping good. I was worshiping. I was like, oh, God, make me more like you. Y'all know y'all do. Y'all know how y'all be. When it get real, your tongues ain't even the same. Right? And God checked me. He like, hey, I hear you, but I can't. Because I made you one time. 
And that one time I gave you my image and I gave you my likeness. And if you would just get out of you enough and get back into me, you will see and have everything that I predestined you to have. You will be who I called you to be. You will be the lender and not the bar. You will be above only and not beneath. You will be the head and not the tail. But you got to get out of you enough and get in him. So, the scripture is saying, catch this, the scripture is saying that the world glorifies him based on what they see on us. They glorify him based on what they see on us. They glorify him based on what they see on us. Prove it. Rahab. Joshua 2 and 10. I'll give you a backstory about Rahab. Rahab was a harlot. Or prostitute, you want to call her. And God told Joshua to send men into the land that he had promised them to spy out the land. And when they get there, they get word that some people are in the land to spy out the land. And so they send men after these spies. And Rahab the harlot tells them, hey, come on, I'm going to hide you in my roof so they won't get you. And so let's see what Rahab says to them. Verse 10, she says, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When ye came out of Egypt, and what ye, hold on, and what ye, and what ye did, what, 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 what you do. We heard about what you did to the kings of the, Amor uh, the, the, the Amorites that were on either side of Jordan. And Shalom and Og, when ye utterly destroyed. Wait a minute now. This is somebody who wasn't serving God, wasn't thinking about serving God. This is somebody who was a harlot. But she telling them that I see what your God got on y'all. And as a result, catch this, as a result of seeing what they God got on them, this is what she says in verse 11. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. So she was able to testify to our God based on what she saw on them. Good works. Good works. Good works. Good works. We got to have it on us. We got to have it. We got to look like who we say he is. Because if not, y'all, we lying. We lying saying God is able. When in our lives, he ain't able to some of us. We got to look like what we say God is. And if we say that he's all these things, 
Why don't we see all these things? Why can't the world see it on you? I'll close with this statement. We can't just tell the world how good God is. We must be prepared to show them. Y'all hear me? We can't just tell them. We can't just tell them, y'all, he good. No, 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 no. We got to be prepared. No. We got to be prepared to communicate good work. See, in order to show a dying world a living God, we must have the resources he always intended. Y'all, we have the amazing responsibility of showing a dying world a living God. We got to have it on. Can't just be here. Got to be here. You know, you may think, eh, why, why is that so important? I told you why it's important. We communicate the wrong thing to the world. We don't have it here, and it's just here. Amen? Father God, we thank you. Thank you for your word, God. Tell that it has been sown in the ground to teach your people's heart, God. And so we thank you right now, God, that we are uncomfortable with the contrary. That no longer will we operate and walk in lack, Father God, but we will be your sons and your daughters, and we will get back in our rightful place, understanding, God, that you've given us the wealth for the expansion of your kingdom. And God, we thank you that you are so just, Father God, that you did not leave our agenda out of it. So God, we thank you that you've given us enough to, to be blessed to live and be blessed to give. And so, Father God, we call in more than enough into our lives. We thank you that you are the God of abundance. And so, Father, we thank you right now that abundance is resting on our lives. So, Father God, we cast away any mindset, any heart set that has allowed us to be comfortable with lack. And we pray that you will renew our hearts and our minds, Father, that we will never see money the same way after today. That we will understand that you've given it to us so that we can be your agents in the earth, be your hand and your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe it, shout amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.